morning is from our second lesson for today from 1 Timothy. We'll continue on this sermon series under the title Essential Gospel from, from these pastoral epistles. It's on page 9 in your bulletins. We'll read it now. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this reason, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. And a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's amazing some of the things that the Apostle Paul felt compelled to write. And we've said that from this pulpit before. For example, it's amazing that the Apostle Paul felt that he had to write down to husbands, love your wives. Don't you think they should have been able to figure that out on their own? (laughs) I mean, seriously, if a guy is going to stand before God's presence and say, I give my life to this woman, I love her, if he's going to become a groom, shouldn't he be able to figure out on his own that it's in his best interest, you might say, to love his wife? But he had to write it down. He felt compelled to write it down. Here's another example. The Apostle Paul felt compelled to write about the fact that children should obey their parents. Now, don't you think that these precious little two-year-olds and three-year-olds and ten-year-olds, shouldn't they be able to figure that out on their own? That the fact that their mother bore them and carried them for nine months and their father cares for them day after day after day after... Shouldn't they say to themselves, you know what, they, they should be honored. And shouldn't it flow just right out of that that they ought to obey their parents then? And, but setting all that aside, the Apostle Paul felt compelled to write it down. He had to tell people to do it. It's amazing the things that he had to write about. It's amazing if you really think about it that he had to write these verses for today. This is what he says right away in verse 1 in the chapter. He says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, 
prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. It's amazing that he had to say that. I mean, prayer to the Christian soul is like breathing to the body. I mean, this is an essential part of being Christian. This is an essential part of any relationship, talking and communicating. And here the Apostle Paul is saying to a pastor, by the way, you should probably pray. It's amazing if you really think about it. And yet the Apostle Paul is very insistent about this. And look at the language that he uses. He says, I urge them. And he's not done there. He says, first of all. So so this has got to be a number one priority. This is one of the most important things that you want to do, this is actually what you want to do first, he says. And then he piles up words so that we would get the point. Four of them, not because they mean something necessarily different, but so that we would get the point that we should probably pray. Requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanks. Giving. I mean, why do you think that he had to urge this? Why do you think that he had to say this is first importance? Why do you think he had to use four different words? Why do you think that this encouragement is valid and important still today? Is it because that we approach prayer sort of like we approach Voting. You know, voting, when you go into the voting booth and you think to yourself, I don't even know why I'm here. (laughs) Because, look, New York's a Democratic state. And whether you're Democrat or Republic, we already know who's going to win the election here. I'm not quite sure why I'm here, but... I'm going to fill in this little bubble because that's what I'm supposed to do. Is it because we think that we should approach prayer like voting, that, you know, my little prayer, I'm going to go to God, I'm going to to pray it, and it's going to make very little impact. Because I wonder if I have God's ear. I wonder if... I'm holy enough that I'm in his inner circle like the Virgin Mary and St. Paul and St. Peter. I wonder if I have God's ear like they do. You know, people used to actually think that way. And some people still do think that way, that they need intercessors. The Lutheran confessions talk all about it, the cult of the saints. People actually used to think, you know, my prayers are too little, they're too small, I don't have God's ear, my sin separates me from God, and so they say, you know what, I got it. 
I'll pray to the virgin. Because then God will really hear me. Or they'll say, you know what? I got it. I'll pray to St. Paul because he's got God's ear. Do we sometimes think like that, like we approach prayer like voting, that because we're too separated from God, and maybe we even think to ourselves, you know what, even in my own household, I talk to my wife or I talk to my husband and they know my faults, they know my bad decisions in the past, and you know what, even my kids, even my kids won't listen to me. Why would God? Why would God hear me when I pray? The key question today is how holy are you? And are you holy enough that God will hear your prayers? Like he hears the prayers of the Virgin Mary or St. Peter or St. Paul. How bright is that halo around your head? And and you know, I'm not just bringing this up because I want to. This is the whole point of what the Apostle Paul is saying here. Don't you see that? He wants you to understand that there is a very important connection between what you believe about yourself and the gospel and between your life of prayer. I mean, the whole point of this lesson, it's very simple. He wants you to pray. But did you notice that he actually spends more time talking about the gospel than he does about prayer? I mean, he's just got a couple of words in there, right, about prayer, one sentence, but then he goes on and on. Verse 3, verse 4, verse 6, he goes on and on about this gospel because he knows that the gospel is essential. Not just for the forgiveness of sins. Not just to have a right relationship with God. Not just to have peace with God. But the gospel is also essential to having a healthy prayer life. That's what he's saying here. I mean, think about it. How do you think that the Apostle Paul could come to the very striking conclusion that Timothy and the Christians in Ephesus And you should pray big prayers. Prayers that will impact kings. Prayers that will make the globe spin. Prayers that will change events on not only a national level, but also a global level. In other words, how could the Apostle Paul say to you, I urge you that you would pray for kings and governments and powers. It's because of the Gospel. I mean, look at at verse 5. 
the whole life of prayer for a Christian and a Christian congregation is hanging on verse 5. I mean, this is his whole basis. Look at that. He says it right there. That little word, for. And whatever comes next, I don't care what comes next, whatever comes next is the foundation. Whatever comes next is the reason that you can begin to believe that in your little room, you can pray for President Barack Obama and that you will change the history of the world. Whatever comes next, whatever comes next, whatever he says is the reason, the foundation of our whole faith and our whole prayer life. He says, you can pray for there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Because who gave himself as a ransom for all men. Are you starting to see the connection between prayer and the gospel? Because of what Jesus has done. Because he died for you. An awful death. Because he lived a perfect life for you. There is no space between you and God. Sin does not separate you between God, your Father. You can go to him now. And you will have his ear. Jesus is your mediator. The perfect mediator for prayer. This is the gospel of St. Paul. This is the gospel of Luther. This is the gospel that you have believed your entire life. This is the gospel on which you stand, and this is the gospel that gives to you a prayer life that is wide and powerful. Because Jesus wasn't just a mediator once. And we have to understand this. It doesn't say that Jesus was a mediator and that he's been on vacation for the last 2,000 years. Jesus is still a mediator. He is the mediator. He's still giving you perfect righteousness. He's still washing you in the waters of holy baptism. He still gives to you holy food that forgives your sins so that we can actually say about each one of you that there's a halo over your head that shines brighter than Mother Teresa. So that we can say about each one of you that you can pray. And God will hear you. You want to know the truth? The truth is that Barack Obama needs you. And Andrew Cuomo, he needs you. And Bill de Blasio, He needs you. And I'm surprised they're not here, frankly. 
They should be begging you on, on, on bended knees, please pray for me. Because you have God's ear. God will hear you, we could say, better than those prayers offered through the Virgin Mary. Because you're that holy. And you're that perfect in God's sight. Because you have a mediator and a Savior that just doesn't quit. So I urge you, pray. Pray prayers that are big. Pray for kings and governments and presidential elections. Cast a net that is as big as the world itself. Change the world because you know what? You have God's ear. You, you have a direct line to your Father through the blood of Jesus. You see how essential the Gospel is to your prayer life? So here's what you can do this week. In the light of the Gospel, consider your prayers. Are they narrow? Or are they wide? Are they hopeful? Or are they sort of like a vote in a presidential election? Pray big and pray with great faith because you have a perfect mediator. Amen. Please stand. Let's confess our faith with the word.